it's taken them four years to write this huge report. They've had scientists and archaeologists and, you know, all these hugely educated people. And then they hand this report to me and say, you have 45 days to read it and respond. And it's, it's just the whole process is just so unfair. Our podcast today is continuing our discussion about the proposal to raise the Warragamba Dam wall in Western Sydney by up to 17 metres. The dam's located in the Blue Mountains National Park, and if the proposal goes ahead, it will endanger over 5,000 hectares of UNESCO World Heritage Listed National Park, as well as flooding over 1,500 cultural sites of the Gundungurra people in the Burragarang Valley. Some of these date back thousands of years. When the valley was originally flooded for the first dam in the 1950s, it started the first cycle of dispossession for the Gundungra people from land, traditional economies and ceremony. Now they're facing this all over again, and they could lose any remaining cultural sites. Today we're talking with Kazan Brown, a Gundungra elder from the region. Kazan has been working tirelessly to raise awareness about the potential impacts of the dam. A letter released in June 2020 from the Gundungra community clearly stated that they do not give free, prior or informed consent to the dam wall being raised. However, it's clear that the New South Wales government isn't listening. Here's Kazan now. Good morning, Kazan. It's an absolute pleasure to meet you and to have your company this morning. Good morning. I'd like to acknowledge this morning that I'm coming to you from Nunawal country at the base of Mount Ainsley here in Canberra. Kazan, can you let us know where you are? I'm at home. I'm on Gundungara country at Warragamba. It's a lovely, lovely day here today. Oh, that's great. It's a little bit cloudy here today. So um, I did notice that the wind is going through your... um, making a curtain move behind you there. So I was thinking, oh, it must be warm enough to have the window open. (laughs) We're not quite there yet. So look, we're we're having a chat today because um, we're really concerned about the potential impacts of raising the Warragamba Dam Wall. And I I know that this is a really important issue for you and your people. Can you tell me a bit about what what it might mean for you and your families and connection? It'll, it'll be loss of culture and loss of connection, I think. Um, that, that's where we come from. That's where our creation story is. The creation story gives us, you know, law, food, water, the whole, you know, everything. And it'll, it'll, be, it'll be a huge loss, I think, to us. I mean, our culture's part of us. It'll be like losing part of us. Yeah. I mean, it... it... It just, it, it sounds really devastating to me. Um, obviously, not being Aboriginal, I don't have the same feelings that you do, but just the empathy I feel for, for you and what you must be going through. So, so what are the sort of the, some of the things that you've been doing, really, to raise awareness about these impacts? Um, community forums, um, you know, talk to as many people as I can, emails. Um, I've got a Facebook page, um, Stop Worry Gamma Dam Wall which has yep. photos. Um, what else have we done? Give a Damn. We're working along Give a Damn and uh, Bob Degas. Mm. Um, yeah, as, as much as we can to get the word out there. Yeah. Mm. 
And um, has it resulted in your community becoming even closer around you um, near Warragamba? No. No? No. no. What, what's the reason for that, do you think? I, I don't know. Um, we have a lot of... We have a lot of old, I guess, dam builder families still here mm. um, and we have a lot of people from, oh, there's still a few families from Burra Green here, so they're sort of divided on the issue, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I was, I was reading something um, that talked about your dad and that he was actually involved under duress, I might add, um, in building the dam wall. Can you tell us a bit more about that? So that was back in the 1950s? Yeah, my grandfather. Grandfather, right. My grandfather worked there as well, but my, oh, right. uh, my grandfather. So they um, they really had no choice, I don't think. You know, they, oh. they were poor, you know, poor families from the valley and they yep. offered them work to cut the timber to clear, you know, to clear the valley of, of everything mm. and that's what he did for years. And then he got a job on construction um, and my mother and my grandmother moved to Manly for a little while and then when he secured a house here in Warragamba, they moved back and the family's been here since. Yeah. That must have been so hard to, to be clearing areas that are so important. Did he talk what, what, what that impact that had on him personally? I, I, I've been told that, um, I mean, they did their job. They, it was money. They had to do it. They had to do something to survive. The fact that they were getting kicked out of their homes with no, you know, there was no compensation then. They just had to leave. Oh. So, you know, it was it was a work thing. Um, I, I don't know. I, I think he, I think personally, he would have been very conflicted in what he was doing. Yeah. Um, I know that when they they emptied cemeteries, so they dug up the remains and and moved people. And um, my grandfather refused to let them move our family. So we're still down there. Yeah, oh um, yeah it, it was really horrible, some of the things that they had to do. Um, yeah. when, when they left, they left with what was he could pack in the car. Right. Um, so his horse got left behind and that broke his heart, my mum said. Oh. Um, you know, all the furniture got left. It was just what they could fit in the car, Yeah. And and basically that there was nothing provided. There was no new home provided or no, they just had to go. Yeah. Oh my goodness! I just feel my stomach turning at at the thought of how dreadful that must be. And and obviously feeding your family has to you know override um, other concerns. But that must be in, incredible. Um, I, I think it was difficult for all the families. There was a lot of um, non-indigenous families that were in the same position. They just had to leave. You know, they, yeah. they had the choice, yeah. Yeah, wow. Uh, one of the things that's really struck me in doing some research ahead of um, talking to you today is to read a bit about how this area was created. Like it wasn't created by us. Can you tell us a bit more about the song lines through this absolutely stunning area? So so we have, it, it runs for about 170 k's, the, the whole, well, our part of the song line. So um, when I say our part, it also extends down the Hawkesbury into um, Durrigland and it's also on Newan country. So mm -hmm. this is just our sort of part. And our part starts at um, the, the junction for the Winja Caribbee and Mullandilly waters. Mm -hmm. And there was um, a big eel that lived in a waterhole there called Garangach. And he's like our version of the rainbow serpent. And Mirigan was a quoll, 
and he was a fisherman and he decided he was going to catch Garangatch one day. So he tried to poison him and the poison didn't work. And when Merrigan went to get more bark to poison the waterhole, Garangatch broke out and of the waterhole and he's carved his way through the country and the water's followed him and that's made the river. Um, on the way, there's there's places where he's rested and that's where the waterholes have been formed. Um, there's places where they've fought um, Wombian caves. So there's, there's these big holes in the top of Wombian caves where yeah. Merrigan stood up there with a pole and tried to, you know, get in with the pole through the top of the caves and that's what the holes are. And it ends... Um, up over the mountains, up over the, you know, past the dividing range, you know, waterhole where Merrigan got some bird friends to help him and one of the birds dove down and pulled a bit of flesh off Garangatch and then they sat around the fire and ate him and everyone was happy. <laughs> it's just a wonderful way of relating to the landscape um i find and just understanding that that's where you've come from so so when you have a, a song line like that how does that affect you like how is it how is it embodied like within you well along the song line there's there's other stories that that relate to it as well so mm. these waterholes have got their own little story as well like there's one where a bat flew in and peed in the water and the water's brackish but that water's now used as medicine um wow. and, yeah so so it's it it was it, it was a it guided us through country and it told us where we could drink so these water holes um never used to dry up during drought they were always a permanent source so you knew where to get water um, there's other parts of the story where they talk about certain plants growing. So you knew where to get the medicine or, you know, the food and it guided us through country. So it, it's a very important story and it's very important to us in our culture. And so are, are rivers like pathways? Are they, are they the way that you used to move through the landscape, like following Garangach? Well, ours was. I, I can't say the same for everyone else. I'm sure everyone else has a different story. Mm. But ours was the pathway from one end of the country to the other, virtually. And how often do you get into these areas now? How easy are they to access? We don't get in there enough. It's it's very hard to access. Um, we have to get access through Water New South Wales or National Parks and Wildlife. Mm. We have to have um, certain insurance. We have to have um, a whole map of where we want to go you know it's it's an itinerary you know the whole thing and it's, it's really not easy getting access and then then you have to put the the application in and someone decides whether or not you can go and then it's it's also escorted so we can't just go in and do what we want you know they escort us in yeah wow what, what's the reason for that i don't know to be honest i have mm. i couldn't answer that question um I don't have a problem that we're, I mean, the person who escorts us in has been doing it for 20 years and he's Indigenous, so we've got a good relationship there. That's not yeah. the issue. But yeah. it, 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 in the same way, it is a little bit of an issue because I just can't go in and do what we want to do. Mm. You know, mm. I don't want to do anything terrible or wrong, but, no. you know, we, it just feels like we're being policed all the time. It seems a bit ironic, I must say, that um, I guess 
there, there might be an argument that it's protecting these areas, um, which are then about to be flooded. Uh, <laughs> can you see the irony there? <laughs> I, I can, and I can tell you that we never bothered putting any sort of protection on these sites or the song lines mm. simply because it was already in a protected area and we thought it was going to be safe. Yeah, and look, this is one of the big things that Bob was talking about um, when I spoke to him a few days ago. He was just saying if if areas that have this highest form of legal protection are going to be threatened like this, what precedent does it set? I mean, it, it really is quite um, horrifying, I, I find anyway, and it must be yeah. just dreadful for you. Um, so in terms of the sites, what, what are we talking about in there? I I've, I've understand there's over 1,500 different cultural heritage sites in there, let alone just the place itself. Yeah, so we have, um, of course, the, the Dreamtime story, which we see as one big site. Mm. Um, the archaeologists don't, they break it up into, you know, lots of little ones. Um, there's campsites, um, scar trees, uh, burials, ceremony grounds, um, artwork, you know, paintings, mm. um, engravings. It's So there's some places down there where it looks like the Indigenous people just got up and left yesterday. It's, really? It's, yeah, it's, it's pretty amazing, yeah. And mm. I've, I've got to say, I've never met someone who's been down there and hasn't been just in awe of the place. Yeah, I, I uh, noted um, your dad described it as the Vatican for your people because <laughs> it's yeah. just so beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Like in, and because, so Nadai, he used to call the Vatican and he used to call it because it was, I guess, our spiritual hub. Yeah. So there's a lot of um, very important artworks and, and that sort of stuff around in, in that area. Mm. What do you think the impact's been for your people on not being able to access those sites um, and, and just this idea that they're now going to be potentially inundated? What, what does that do for you guys or to you guys? Yeah. We've been locked out now for nearly 60 years. Mm. Um, so that takes it back to my grandfather's generation mm. who would have known all the stories and all the sites. Now, he tried to keep connection, so he used to take my uh, his nephews in their camping on the weekends, and he did that as long as he could. Mm. Um, but, you know, they're all gone now too, so my grandfather's gone, and that whole... It's like my generation missed out because because yeah. of the problems with access. So we've lost story and we've lost, you know, we've lost sites and we've lost knowledge. We've lost language. You know, there's not a lot of people around who speak language anymore. Mm. So it's, it's been a big loss, you know, and we, we don't want to lose anymore. No. no. No, not at all. It's that, and I, I have um, been reading more on intergenerational trauma and, and also just that loss. Um, and as you say, your your generation has ended up being a bit of a, a gap. Um, but I know you've got a daughter and I'm sure lots of other friends with kids that you want them to have that connection. And I've, I've seen a beautiful photo of you um, with Taylor in front of a, a magnificent scar tree. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So well, how, what does she think about this? How, how do, how's it affecting her? Um, and she, she, I mean, she tells everyone that now when she goes down there, she's mm. felt pressured and she's felt rushed, that she's got to learn everything and she's got to look at everything and it's it's only limited time now, whereas she thought she might have had, you know, her whole life to be able to do that yeah. and yeah. she's trying to squish it all in to a couple of years, Yeah. 
That's a real, that's a heavy burden to bear, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, she picks my mind all the time, you know, asking me questions about culture and family and her, she's trying to put it all together in her head. And it's, it's really hard too when you can't be in the place. You know, it's, it's much easier when you're in the place and you can see where they lived and, you know, who lived where and how far away this, you know, my grandmother's farm was from her sister's farm or, you know, that's, yeah. Yeah, look, I, I know for myself we do a lot of um, camping and we've been to some really wonderful um, sites that we've been allowed to go to. And obviously I'm not Aboriginal, but you can still feel that, it's palpable that you know just the sense of a place and you know what's right and what's wrong when you're there in those places um so look let's turn to day to day um what are you asking people to do in terms of the the raising of the dam wall and and what can they do to help support you and your group make submissions make Make submissions submissions. yeah Yeah. get your friends to make submissions you know make some noise Mm write to your local MPs, you know, write to to parliament, you know, ministers, just make some noise about it and, and oppose it. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, we look, we're doing this. We're recommending people do the same. And, and I think it's important to note that your submission doesn't have to be full of a whole lot of technological law or details. It no. can be a submission that basically says this is just don't do this. Is that right? Yep, that's right. It can be two lines. Please don't flood it. You know, it can be yeah. a short paragraph. It can be as long as you want, you know. Yeah. Just just put something in. Yeah. yeah. And I just want to say too, we, we're not against flood mitigation. We understand it needs to happen. There's alternatives to, to raising the wall and destroying everything behind it and we would like the government to have a better look at the alternatives and adopt one of them. Yeah, look, that's a that's a really great point. Um, you know, we spoke to Jamie Pittock um, a couple of months ago now, and I think what's really interesting is that he was saying, you know, um, there's a whole lot of other rivers and, and tributaries and creeks that actually cause the flooding on that floodplain. Yeah. And like you, we don't want people in their homes to be um, flooded, you know, obviously. Um, but we just think it's morally wrong in this case to say that raising the dam wall is going to protect them because it's not, and it's a false sense of security. Um, And, you know, what an enormous heart you have to be able to say that given what happened to your family. Uh, I just really feel humbled by by you saying that. Um, Yeah, that's, 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 you know, we know it has to happen. Yeah. You know, know, we don't want to see people downstream lose everything either. No. But there's, there's got to be, there's alternatives, you know, there's better ways of doing it and the government should be adopting one of those ways. So if you could wave your magic wand and this proposal went away, um, yeah. what else would you like to happen so that you can actually have that connection for your yourself and generations to come like Taylor so that they can reinvigorate we, that? We would love more access, you yeah. know. We, we would be down there every weekend if we, if we could. Yeah. Um, I would also like to see the laws and the policies and the legislation around Aboriginal heritage and, you know, infrastructure projects change. You know, it's, it's very, the whole, this whole process has been offensive, degrading, mm. and just, it's just horrible. You know? Yeah. Just, yeah. just having your culture 
I don't know, dissected to, to rocks on a ground. It's, it's very horrible. I look, I, I can really hear and see the emotion in your voice. And I, I yeah, I, I really do. Please, I, I'm offering you my, my full, full support in as much as we can possibly do uh, to, to help you. And it's yeah. not fair. You know, I, it's taken them four years to write this huge report. They've had scientists and archaeologists and, you know, all these hugely educated people. And then they hand this report to me and say, you have 45 days to read it and respond. And it's it's just the whole process is just so unfair. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I really do hear you. And it's it's one of the reasons that we are putting our full support behind the Give a Damn campaign because of that. Um, yes, I have looked at the 4,000 plus pages uh, designed to bamboozle and, and you're right, I guess in a similar way for us, you know, we love, we love our rivers so much, dissecting them to the purple spotted widget or the whatever it might be, it's just like that, that's not actually a river, it's no. the entirety of it, it's the feeling that you're there, it's the connection that you have to it, this is, yeah, so look, it, it's been wonderful talking to you today and thank you so very much. Um, open invitation to, to come back um, and talk to us again. And mm-hmm. I really, really appreciate you sharing the song line. I just love hearing those stories. And uh, the next time I go to Wombo and Caves, I'll, I'll be thinking about that bird poking the holes through to Garagat. Thank you so much, Kazan. And uh, I'll look forward to catching up with you again soon. And hopefully we, we'll be having a celebratory drink that the proposal doesn't go ahead. Oh, let's hope so. Let's hope so. Thanks so much. Thank you. It was really special to have Kazan share her story today and to really provide us with an insight into what it's been like for the Gunnungurra people. To our listeners, we hope this episode has encouraged you to make a submission, no matter how small, to stop the raising of the Warragamba Dam wall. To send a submission, you can do so at the Give a Dam website, dam spelled without the N. So that's www.giveadam.org.au. You can also find these links on the Australian River Restoration Centre website at www.arc.com.au. Thanks so much for listening and I look forward to chatting with you again soon.